0: Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now joining me on today's episode is Natasha Hawker, the Director of the Recruitment and HR Advisory Company, Employee Matters. Natasha is a senior HR practitioner, as well as a speaker, author and trainer, which is quite a mouthful, and we're super excited to hear her insights on how to get the best return on investment on your management spend, thereby reducing employee disputes. One of the many areas that we specialise in here at Aspect Legal is employment law. And like all other areas of our practice, we believe in taking a proactive approach. That is, we strive to help our clients make the necessary changes to their business in order to avoid and prevent disputes before they arise. So in this episode, we drill into how you can potentially minimize employee disputes within your organization by investing in your training and development for your managers. So don't go anywhere, let's get started. Hi, Natasha. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for coming along to chat to
2: us. My pleasure. I'm really excited to finally be here, Joanna.
0: <laughs> We've had a few goes at this, but let's not uh, <laughs> get into the very gory details no. <laughs> of why I haven't been here before. Now, I yes, no, I know. <laughs> All right, so let's look into it. I, I think this topic will be um, extremely relevant to our listeners um, because many of our listeners are managers or advisors to um, managers of businesses, whether it's the business owners themselves or, or the management layer within a business. So. Let's talk first, I just want to talk first about why this topic matters. So why are we talking about the concept of management and the failure of management in the first place? What's the issue that you're seeing?
2: Yeah, I think it really matters, Joanna, because I believe your employees are your greatest asset they're also potentially your greatest liability in a business. and Isn't that the truth? Isn't (laughs) that just... And and what we do know, when you talk to business owners and managers are exactly the same, the two things that keep both business owners and managers up at night are their employees. Yeah, yeah. And and so it's a really important thing. And what we also know is that employers that actually... um, find the secret sauce and they're able to build, create and maintain high performance and highly engaged teams, outperform their competition every time. So, uh, you know, and we know that your employees, and, and especially if we talk about law, your employees are often your most expensive or second most expensive line item in the business. So often we, I don't think we give them the time and attention that we need to to enable them to do their job as a business owner. And I I feel like most managers are never actually given the skills. They're never taught how to be effective managers, let alone great managers. And so I believe that all businesses need their employees working to 100% productivity as much of the time as possible. And your managers are key to you achieving that. And if your managers aren't managing particularly well, you're never going to get there.
0: That's absolutely true. And I guess, you know, just to throw in from a legal perspective, you know, of course, we see many legal issues that relate to the area of um, employment law. But in in many of these areas, I, um, I feel that the way uh, staff have been managed can contribute. Now, I'm not saying that it's the fault of the managers, but I, I'm just saying that there's a lot of... Um, elements of management that can impact the way, um, whether issues occur, number one, and number two, I, I think every manager, uh, no matter how good they are, will still see issues occurring from time to time. But the way you manage or have managed throughout, uh, through over a long period of time then contributes to how those issues will be dealt with um, and how likely it is that you'll end up in legal strife, I think. Let's just call it for what it is.
2: I <laughs> yeah, totally agree with you. I think that's a very good
0: summary. So, we're talking about prevention here, I guess, um, which might be a funny thing for a li- lawyer to say, but we we really would prefer to see um, our clients uh, be able to prevent issues. And of course, we're there uh, when issues are, are there from a legal perspective and need to be dealt with. But I think it's also good to give other components of how we can maybe help to prevent these issues from occurring in the, um, in the first place. So, let's then kick off in into what the biggest issue you see um, in
2: from a management perspective? Mm, uh, great question. I think the biggest issue I see is that managers have quite simply not been trained or mentored for the role that they're actually promoted into or are performing. And they're often promoted into that position without the required experience, skills or training, and they've often learnt by observing a a manager around them or different managers around them. And often these managers have bad habits. So those bad habits are just replicated and, um, you know, And then they just grow and develop within the business. And I think the other issue here is that employers don't invest in training. And an example being, and I met this person literally just this last week. I met a senior manager the other day and he had 50 people under him. And he'd worked for the same boss for 25 years, Joanna. And he'd grown into the role, but he'd never had any formal management or leadership training. Now, he seems to be doing what I would suggest is quite a reasonable job. But what if he had? had that investment either through himself, going off to university or going off and doing a course at AIM or whatever, and he and he'd had some great leadership training. What would that have done for his own performance and confidence as a leader? What would it have done for the level under him as he grows and develops them and mentors them? And what might it have achieved for the employees and the productivity of the business? And I think the answer would have it would have achieved a lot.
0: You know, it's really good points you're making here because um, you, in the corporate sphere. There is generally speaking um, always a management uh, program that's operated for people as they move up the ladder into, uh, you know, a component of managing people. And, you know, there's the management and then then the leadership. Training as that progression continues. So, I, I think you're absolutely right. In SMEs, I think the issue is that quite often, and you know, it can be a time and a costs issue, but I'm sure you'll talk to us about why there really is a very good return on training spend. Of course, that has to be the right training, right? But a very good return on training spend, even for SMEs. But it, it's not just the managers in inverted commas, it's also the business owners and the owner layer as well that quite often you know, is obviously sitting there even before you implement a management layer. But even once a management layer has been implemented, you still have the founders, the owners of the business needing to manage the managers, so uh, quite often they're the ones who have also not had training.
2: You're absolutely right, and I think it's a real sadness for me that we've stopped. As I believe a nation, I grew up in in corporate world. I was lucky enough to spend 12 years at what I believe is one of the top, you know, management consulting firms. And the training that I got there was first class. And there, and it, and you're right, it went a whole way through. But what I've done, and probably as a result of that, and it's only clicking in my brain now, when I started my own business business, business, I realized there was a lot I didn't know and I reckon we've probably spent over $150,000 easily on my professional development since I started my business. And that is absolutely proving itself in terms of dividends and results of the business. And I don't believe anyone is ever fully trained. I believe that we've always got to invest in our training. And I love that quote. And I love Richard Branson. And he says, train people well enough so that they can leave, but treat them well enough so that they don't want to. Wow, that's awesome. And I think it's... A really important message for business owners and I think generally companies just aren't investing enough in their employees development and I think as a country Australia has basically forgotten the importance of ongoing training uh, development and, and what they need to do in that space and I think as a result we have some productivity issues in Australia we really do we're dropping down the OECD scale in terms of how productive we are as a nation and I would even test your uh, listeners to say, can you tell me what your productivity cost per employee is or result per employee? And I would suggest that most of them couldn't even tell me how to work it out.
0: Mm, mm. It, it's interesting. I was just I, I was just actually at a conference yesterday talking all about the labor efficiency ratio for organisations, which uh, you know, for all the accountants out there who like numbers. <laughs> yeah, you're probably all over it, but um, but you know, for for the mere mortal business owner, that's not an accountant. You know, they, these are areas that aren't spoken about perhaps widely enough, I think. And productivity, of course, as you say, is a pivotal part of, of running a business. Okay. So, let's just recap. The issues with management, I guess, are poor training or lack of training. So, basing your own management style on those of just your anecdotal experience, which, you know, might be good or might be bad, but probably isn't best practice. You know, in any in any event, and then the issues that this can cause is low productivity or, or not optimizing productivity. And as I've said, legal issues. What else, Natasha? What I've, What else do you see? Is the issues that are caused.
2: Yeah, I think the other way that we see management failing is around they don't know how, when and what to communicate to their team. And that leads to miscommunication errors and sometimes just general resentment. And I think effective communication is really important in a business, but it sort of happens just you know, it it just sort of forms and just sort of comes out, but there's no real planning around it. And I think business owners really need to build out a communication plan that's going to work best for their business. And, you know, and it depends on the team dynamics. So, for example, in our business, as you know, Joanna, we have a dispersed workforce across Australia and New Zealand. So, we use a tool called Voxer and Voxer is a free app and it, it's like a walkie-talkie. And because our team are all over the place, they're offices or client sites or whatever, I just press the button and a, a communication goes out to my entire team. They can listen to that when they're driving, when they're commuting, when they're in their client with some headphones on, but it keeps them feeling connected. And we do that once a week as an example. And we talk about what are the wins, what's in the pipeline. We do a shout out to the team member. We, you know, we just share and they feel bought in and they, even though they're all over the place, they feel connected to what's happening in the business and I think that's really, really important.
0: I love it. I love it. We actually use Voxer. I'm a big lover of Voxer. Um, and, and in fact, we also do we, do, we don't do it through Voxer, but we do do what you're talking about. We, we call it in our um, organisation here, our daily huddle. But yes. uh, <laughs> we do a bit of a huddle. Here. And, and it's actually, the history of that is quite interesting because I'd heard about the huddle for years and years and years. But I just sort of thought, look, that belongs in touchy-feely businesses, maybe even tech businesses cooler businesses than legal practices perhaps but um, one day a um a, a very experienced business person um said to me you know what they do it in their business i thought hell if he can do it well we can do it too and um but it's really transformed our our business because of the communication flow yeah um, within our organisation, so big thumbs up from us. I completely agree with you, Natasha, on both the Voxa and the, uh, the the communication flow. Maybe can you give us an example of what you have seen in terms of issues caused within a business because of a communication flow that isn't
2: helping? Yeah, the most common one is that the rumour mill starts, and if you don't control the communication. The, the communication will get controlled for you. And it's generally not the most positive and it's generally not the most accurate communication. So have you seen examples of that? You know, Yeah, definitely. We uh, we have a client where uh, when we first went in, they, were, um, they didn't communicate frequently, they didn't have a structure and there was a lot of smoko breaks outside, you know, an organisation that still does a lot of that and the information that was shared in that smoko break wasn't positive and it wasn't in line with where the business was going. And so what we had to do was to pull that in and actually get a communication strategy for how, when and what do you want to communicate to your people and I think it's a really important thing and um, you know one of the, I can give you a personal example, at um, Employee Matters we've always been incredibly transparent with our team and we went through this a couple of years ago and I have shared this publicly before but we were going through a really hard time at the beginning of our business and we realised we needed to make some changes and that was going to have a negative impact for some of the terms and conditions for. our employees and we pulled everyone together and we just laid it out on the table and we said what we needed to do now interestingly because we'd built up so much goodwill and so much transparency that the team took the message even though for them it wasn't necessarily great news really really well because we had developed that transparency they knew we were authentic they knew it was coming from a good place we shared all the figures with them And it was a case of, well, maybe we don't like it, but we understand why you're doing it and we trust you and we know why it's happening. And so, it meant that process, as difficult as it was, was significantly easier than had we come from a place of distrust with our employees.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Well, let's maybe drill then into some practical application here. How can people be better managers? Obviously, get trained. Yeah, I think number one is get trained. Yeah, but, but what, are, what are the tips, you, you, know, you know, what are some actual practical things over and above training that managers should be thinking about?
2: Yeah, I think the easiest way for an individual is, and this doesn't cost anything, which is even better, or you can pay for them, but you don't have to, is to identify or mentor a mentor and ask them to mentor you. Someone that's got experience that may have experienced some or all of the things that you want to experience or you're going to experience or that you want to learn about. And ideally, that might be someone from your industry, but it doesn't have to be. Um, in my personal experience, I've had the same mentor since I was 18, and we regularly catch up. and. And um, it's interesting because the relationships evolved over time. It was very much me in awe of her at the beginning and I learnt and it was very much a one-way flow of information and wisdom and knowledge. But now our relationship has evolved much more and she's become a client and a friend and we coach and develop each other. You know, so we'll bounce ideas off each other of different experiences. So I think um, obviously uh, we talked about education, but getting specifically around management education, it would be how to listen effectively. We think that's such a simple skill, but listening is a really tough skill and using um, effective or listening or tactical empathy can be really powerful things. It might be interview skills or it might be coaching skills. I am a big fan of a coaching model called TIGRO: topic, goal, reality, options, way forward. And that is a great way to mentor and grow and develop your team under you so you're not doing it to them. They're doing it and growing like a coach in a sports team. And I think that's really important. So, yeah, they would be my top tips of getting some skills and, and identifying, being really honest with yourself. When We're not all superstars at everything. You know, I know my attention to detail is not my strength. So that would be an area I need to develop. And so think about yourself and work out what you're good at and what you're not good at and then try and lift your skills in that area or focus on what you're good at. Do jobs that enable you to do the things you're great at.
0: Mm. And I, I guess I'd um I'd add into that something that we've recently done is profiling across each of our team members. And I found that an amazingly useful inf- and and we use disk, uh there's but there's many. And I, I think actually Natasha, you you talked to me about a Another profiling to you use. So how about we talk about that in a moment? But I, I'd actually used this, so I felt comfortable with it. I've used it for years and years and years. But I hadn't used it in this business. But I thought, you know what? Why not? Let's profile everyone. And going through the results was so, you know, intriguing. I mean, you know, our business is only eight or nine years old, but um, our longest serving employee has been here for around about that period of time. But even still, I'm still learning things about people and certainly the newer employees I learned a lot about and a lot of depth and one of the things with this particular profile that we just used is not only is a personality profiling but it also then gave a value and motivation profiling result as well And, and that it can be really useful from a management perspective to understand what the drivers are but also why conflicts occur because conflicts you know, no matter what you do will arise from time to time in a workplace because you're dealing with people. And I think the um, benefit of profiling is that people can recognize that you all come from slightly different perspectives. And certainly sometimes there's similarities. And so people can see why maybe sometimes they have the same perspective as someone else. It's because they have the same similarity in how they view the world. Whereas other people coming at things from a different perspective, it can really, just help to bear in mind that they're coming at that perspective differently and it's not necessarily that, you know, there has to be aggression in the workplace. It's just that people are viewing things differently. So... I think from a personal perspective, that has been really useful in our business. What what do you use, Natasha?
2: Um, we use one called Harrison's Assessment. What I like about Harrison, I'm very familiar with Disc and Myers Briggs, is Harrison actually maps them to a job. So from a recruitment perspective, for anyone who's recruiting, it says, Is Natasha a fit to be a HR manager? And it'll say, Yes, she's a 79% fit. And better still, here are all of her traits that are mandatory to be a great HR manager, that are desirable and that are not not necessary. So, you know, when you get somebody into your business and it takes you six months to work out what they're good at and what they're not good at, this gives you that information up front. And what we know is we used to do it as an add-on to our recruitment support. Now we actually do it for the top candidate. And what it's done is lift the effectiveness of the hiring decision of our people. And they're much more confident about their hiring decision. And it's also increased the tenure of those people that are in those jobs because they're being hired. The two times the person said, I love the candidate. I don't care that Harrison says they're dreadful. They both did work out. It's wow. truly anecdotal nice. that that is the only evidence that we have at the moment, but it's really interesting to see how successful that's been.
0: That's incredible. How long have you been using um, We've that We've been one? using it now about four and a half, five years. Oh, well, you must have. You know, yeah. If you're still using it, it, it must have um, been working pretty well for, for, for you and your clients then.
2: But it works also for that working out how people work together as well. They have other tools that do that as well. Great.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we've covered a lot today, Natasha. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I think we will be talking again in another podcast soon about ways that – organisations can accelerate employee engagement and indeed why you'd want to. I guess it's fairly obvious why, why you want to accelerate employee engagement. Um, I'll certainly be looking forward to talking to you um, in that episode. Uh, and if you're interested
2: in contacting Natasha, how do we go about doing that? Great. If anyone wants to contact me, you can contact me at uh, and um, We have a whole lot of free tools and checklists and also downloads there that would be great for some of your managers that want to manage better.
0: Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. I um, As I said at the beginning, I think it's extremely important um, for us to help our clients in finding ways and our listeners to find ways to avoid issues from occurring in the first place. So, that's what today's discussion um, has all been about. Um, thank you, Natasha. We look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that's it for today's episode with Natasha Hawker of Employee Matters. As a quick recap, today we talked about the sad reality that most managers aren't really trained or mentored to perform such a crucial role in a business. Natasha stressed the importance of really investing in the development and training of anyone in a management role, and for your employees in general, if you wish to see massive and lasting improvements in their productivity and engagement and ultimately put you in the position to outperform your competition. But spending on management development doesn't only help increase profits and productivity, it also helps ward off employee disputes and other potential legal issues. So I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, please subscribe to Talking Law on iTunes or your favourite podcast player to get notifications straight to your phone whenever a new episode is out. We'd also like to hear your feedback. So if you would, we would love you to please leave us a review and rating if you're already one of our subscribers or even if you're just listening to this for the first time. Well, that's it. Thanks again for listening in. This has been Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. While you were there, you might also like to check out our innovative product, Legal on Tap. Our SME version of this product provides a business with access to a team of lawyers to answer questions as they come up in the business. And our large business version also provides this access to our team of lawyers to ask questions, but it also provides a wide range of online-based training in contract law for non-lawyers. Both of these products are available for a ridiculously low monthly price. If you're interested, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au and check out our Legal on tap pages, or head over to our contact page and submit a form to let us know that you would like more information